Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. It's Monday, July 22nd. I'm your host, Jason Moser. And on today's show, we've got a couple of special guests in the studio, our fearless summer investing interns, Elise Montgomery, Greg Bechtel. Guys, thanks for joining. Thanks for having us. Well, this has been a great summer. Uh, For listeners who don't know, uh, we are very fortunate as a company here at The Motley Fool to have a crew of anxious interns uh, join us every summer, and the investing team usually gets dibs on at least a couple. Uh, So, Greg and Elise have been uh, working with us here, learning about our investing process, developing their own investing process, and coming up with a lot of cool stock ideas in in the process. So Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the internship, some of their takeaways, maybe even some advice for those listeners out there who'd like to consider an internship here. And Of course, we're going to talk a lot of stocks. Uh, First and foremost, let's get the introductions out of the way. Greg, I'm going to start with you. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you go to school, what are you studying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Greg Bechtel. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I go to school in Miami University in Ohio, which may be a little confusing to some. But uh, and uh, I'm majoring in finance. Ah, yeah, finance. So, so you're right here. Uh, you're right here where you need to be probably digging into those cap IQ financials every day. Absolutely. Are you going to be taking any of the stuff that you learn here back to school with you? Absolutely, for my for my three last classes, we'll see if I can fit that in. That's right. You're finishing up in December, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Elise, how about you? Uh, yeah, I am a senior at Towson University, and I'm majoring in finance. And yeah, I've just loved uh, the Motley Fool over the past five years, listening to the podcast. So um, I'm really excited to be here, and I love um, interning here. It's so much fun. Well, we certainly enjoyed having you, and I wanted just to check in with you real quick because. I mean, I remember 10 years ago when I got here, and I think a lot took me by surprise. It was a little bit of a unique uh, changeover from having jobs uh, with you know bigger sort of corporations. Uh, we have a bit of a unique culture here. I wonder, is there something here, working here, that, that has taken you by surprise? Something that you were just, and it, you know, pleasantly surprised, hopefully. But Greg, what about you? Is there anything here that surprised you since you've, since you've started here? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I've, I've been pretty knowledgeable about the company for the past three years, so... I've had a pretty good sense of the laid-back company culture <laughs> that the Molly Fool definitely has, but uh, but for me, I mean, just it's an extreme of, of what I've seen. The company culture is just amazing. Uh, I'm kind of I don't know why, but I'm laid right in the middle of the investing team, kind of right in the middle of everything. So uh, it's just been a great surprise all the help and friendliness I've got from all the different employees. Um, so in addition to the kind of daily tasks we do each day. I've really had the opportunity to to go up to to anyone and learn about their investing process. Yeah, I think that's uh, you'll find that more and more here, and even beyond just the investing team. I mean, there are people who work in the tech department, or people who work over on the fool dot com side with editorial. Mm-hmm. People who work with the people team. I mean, there are all sorts of different lines of work here, and, and everybody here I've come to find is very eager to talk and help and share. Um, Elise, how about you? Is there anything that's uh, taken you by surprise since you started here? I've just been amazed by how everyone is so willing to help me, and I've learned so much here so far. So it's great to just be able to walk up to any of the analysts here and just ask them a question about a company I'm studying or just a certain industry I'm really interested in. So it's uh, definitely a great place to be if you want to learn a lot. Yeah, I've always said this is like a Montessori school for adults. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Montessori school at all, but I went to Montessori school growing up, and 
you know, you kind of just, you come into work every day and you do. You just get going with whatever you want to do. And if you have questions, people are always uh, ready to help. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a, it's a learning process every day. I mean, certainly as investors, that's one of the neat, neat parts of the job is you just, you never stop learning. And so, thankfully, we've created a team here that really shares that mentality. And, and you know, everyone helps everyone. I think it just it, uh, it makes us all better in the end here. Uh, but let's get into talking stocks here. You know, part of the internship is actually stock pitches. I mean, you guys are tasked with finding companies, digging into those companies, presenting those companies to us in a in the form of a PowerPoint and a stock pitch. Uh, we get to follow up with you guys, offer some feedback. And so, you started this internship with your first pitch, and I want to talk about the companies that you both pitched. Uh, Greg, let's start with you. What is the company that you pitched first and foremost, or first uh, for the investing team? Yeah, definitely. Um, at the start of my internship, I don't know how, but I found myself looking into the cybersecurity industry. Um, and the one that really impressed me that I started researching was Mimecast. Uh, they provide a cloud-based platform for security services, uh, mainly starting with email and also things like con- continuity and archiving services. Uh, so I had the pleasure of researching them for about three weeks and presenting to everyone. Now, what we actually use Mimecast here, so maybe some listeners out there are familiar with it. But getting into that market opportunity of, of cybersecurity and what Mimecast does, what were some of the things that attracted you to this business? Yeah, um, well, as I said earlier, I've, I've had the pleasure of learning about different people's processes. So. When looking at this first company, I was definitely looking at, at those criteria to go down and make sure to pick the right company. So, um, the things that really checked that box with Mimecast were a uh, good management team, uh, Peter Bauer and Neil Murray. I mean, I, I made sure um, that they're heavily approved and reviewed, and they're very much long term thinking based. And then also having a good insider ownership in the company over 5%. Um, and then for an early tech, company, they've really displayed great revenue growth, which is very important, and uh, positive free cash flow. So, and I mean, in addition to that, they've really proven how to great product and innovate year by year. Uh, so, they've done a great job of establishing a loyal customer base. Yep. And I think a loyal customer base is um, important pretty much in any walk. I mean, re- whether it's retail or cybersecurity. Um, what I mean, this is a relatively young company. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's something that we're all still kind of learning about because it's so new. But what would you consider, what are one of the bigger risks, what are one of the bigger risks out there for this company yeah. that investors need to know about? Yeah, I think that risk is kind of the same for a lot of these companies I've been looking at in the tech industry. Uh, since they're so young, they're investing so heavily back into their um, into their growth, so that's kind of one of the risks I see for the future is is uh, bursting that bubble and becoming profitable. So that's definitely something to look forward, look into for the future. Yeah, well, and I mean a good point there is with a with a loyal customer base. I mean at least that's something they can rely on. That right. I think would allow them to make those big investments up front, feeling like yeah. they're building a product that people like. They can take that money, keep plowing it back into the business, building more products and services. And I mean, let's be clear: like cybersecurity is a pretty big market right. overall. And that's definitely one of the the reasons I was looking into that industry is because I kind of believe in in today's big data world that it's going to continue. There there going to be players that we'll see in the future. Yeah, and I mean, you think about security breaches. I mean, we were just learning today um, about Equifax's fate in having to fork over something like seven hundred million dollars for the data breach that that they were uh, subject to here just about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think when you when you talk about data breaches, it's a matter of when, not if, right? I think you have to approach yeah. pretty much anything in today's day and age as there's going to be a data breach at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. Uh, so these security firms do play a very big role. For sure. um, Elise, talk a little bit about your stock you pitched. Oh, yeah. So I pitched Revolve. Um, I actually was so excited that um, the first day of our internship, they actually IPO'd. So I was really excited to um, look at this company and look at their financials. And it's a company I've been following for a long time in terms of, as a customer, uh, I love what they uh, sell. And so basically what they are is an e-commerce company, and they use data analytics to monitor their um, supply so they can supply um, the right uh, products for the right trends and they don't they can mitigate a lot of risk that way so it's actually uh, such a really interesting company especially in the retail market because that can be very risky and potentially very unprofitable if it's not monitored properly in terms of the supply and demand so um, no it's a very interesting company and uh, one thing I love about it is just the interface of the website and what they offer they offer so much in terms of um, just the way that they provide uh, pages so that you can shop for certain occasions. So it's, it's actually perfect for um, people who need to shop for, you know, a wedding or a birthday party or just like traveling on vacation or something. So, yeah, I mean, I love it and all my friends love it too. So Well, I was going to say that yeah. something you, you really focused in on in the pitch was you were talking about this from the perspective of a consumer. I mean, oftentimes, I mean, we do look at a lot of these businesses and we think, well, if I like it as a consumer, maybe it's something I need to learn a little bit more um, about as an investment. And I mean, in a lot of cases, good products do make for good investments. Not always. I mean, there's always going to be a Krispy Kreme out there uh, for, for every <laughs> Netflix or Amazon. But I mean, you know, it struck me that you felt like this was a pretty good experience from the consumer side. Yeah, I mean, I never really considered retail to invest in, so it was actually a really cool opportunity because they are more, mostly a tech company um, as their backbone of the company, and then but they're a fashion company, really. So it's actually a very interesting, and um, a lot of that retail market is moving in that direction. So I think it's a great play in that market. What do you What do you think is one of the risks that investors should be aware of with this company? Oh, I just think uh, just. Um, maybe a recession, just of some sort, and you know how can they monitor the potential for you know demand and you know in a recession people aren't going to buy as many clothes, they're not going to you know spend extra money. That's just a an extra. It's not what you're buying on the regular. It's not a necessity. So I think that's one of the risks. But they've been able to they've gotten through recessions. So I think they and they're still growing. They've grown a lot recently. So I. Th- think it's a great company to invest in. Okay, great. Now, next week, I think what this is Monday. So you have literally you've just a little bit more than a week here to work out your final pitches and I know you guys are are digging into them now and putting them together, but you have your final pitches next Tuesday. Wanted to talk a little bit about the companies that you're digging into for that pitch. And and Greg, I'll go ahead and start with you because the company you're uh, going to be throwing our way is SmartSheet and I got to admit, Greg, I've never heard of this company before. So tell me a little bit about it now. Yeah. Give me a sneak preview. Well, the first thing I was looking for <laughs> Um, and the new company was definitely one that hadn't been recommended before. Really wanted to find, some, find something new because that's what I thought I did with Mimecast about <laughs> yeah. until about it's halfway difficult. through my it's research. It was kind of a, a double whammy. I found that tricky. we had recommended it. You can't do it here, man. And Everybody, we use it. <laughs> we I didn't found even know. all the great ideas out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Tell but, us uh, a little bit about Smart. Yeah. And, um, anyways, they, they provide a cloud platform uh, that helps with work management when it comes to unstructured work. Uh, and to go off that real quick, I'd say they they see their opportunity as there's 
I mean, over 50% of work done at companies is, is unstructured in the sense that it's done through email or in-person meetings. And uh, their, whole, their whole plan is to kind of streamline that process and um, help more efficient decision making. Well, I think we can all get behind that. Um, what? Tell me a little bit about uh, what are some of the pros here of this business? What do you? What? What is this? You, you look at this business, you think, man, that's a lot going for it. Yeah, um, I think the first thing that I was super interested in is how well received the product is. Uh, although it, they have their their pitch, I mean, this thing can be has proven to shown that it can be useful in two thousand different used cases. Um, <laughs> So it's helpful for companies all over. The reviews are amazing on it. And then also, as a newly public company, their their growth has just been incredible. It's been 50% year-over-year growth for like the last five years. Um, they've spread out to sell to 95 of the Fortune 100 companies and then 75% plus of Fortune 500 companies. Um, and then also, I'm really interested in their ability to organically grow. Uh, kind of just like Mimecast, they're customer retention rate is is great, almost 100%. But in addition to that, uh, their revenue retention rate, which is very important with these early on tech companies, is 134%. That's so tremendous. That really kind of highlights their, their loyal customer base and ability to sell more and more to the customers they have and their pricing power. So... Well, it's, definitely a company I'm interested in for the future. It sounds like they're just getting started. I mean, this yeah. is a new IPO. Talk a little bit about what is concerning. What concerns you with this company today? A risk maybe that investors all yeah. know about. Uh, definitely similar with Mimecast. They're investing heavily in what they're doing, and uh, they still have negative free cash flow and, and negative net income. Um, but I mean, I guess it's a, it's a whole new world with these stocks because <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at their stock performance after their recent IPO, I mean, they've they've just been killing it. And I think um, I think their revenue growth and customer increase is enough to get investors on board. And I'm I'm not too worried. I think they'll they'll cross that profitability line sometime soon. Yeah, it does feel like the market is really in love with all these SaaS companies. Yeah. All you have to do is just you have a cool name and offer a cool product, and yeah. they're going to give you a lot of credit, give you a lot of runway with it. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I think that sometimes maybe that's a little bit detached from reality. Uh, maybe sometimes it's not. But, I mean, the bottom line is a lot of these companies have gotten a lot of credit here up to this point. So, I could see where um, maybe the market's overlooking the profitability question today because of that retention that you're talking about. They have a good solution, a product out there that, that their customers are using. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that you know that profitability, that thing is always going to hang over them until they actually reach it. Um, Elise, talk a little bit about the company that you're you're going to be pitching. Um, I was going to pitch uh, CrowdStrike actually. So and their ticker symbol is CRWD, and um, they're a cloud-based security company. So if you're in public and you're using Wi-Fi, they are able to monitor um, the system, you know, the platform you're on, so they can, you know, strike and block those risks and for potential hackers. And uh, so it's actually a great um, service in terms of if you're someone who goes to like coffee shops and work and you want to. Um, you know, not be in the office all the time in a secure space. So that gives you that secure space when you're in public as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's a subscription-based business as well. So that's another great thing, just like what Greg was saying. So, um, and what I love about their company is, uh, I mean, they actually just posted earnings. So 
they're you know they're growing revenues year over year for the quarter at least 103 uh, percent, which is actually what management uh, projected. So that's pretty good. And oh, then yeah, and then um, subscription revenues gone up as well. It's grown 116 percent. So that's great. And you're saying recurring revenue is actually uh, one thing, Greg, for mm-hmm. security companies, and theirs is pretty sticky as well in terms of their platform. It's gone up 114 percent. So yeah, I mean the subscription good. revenue, the subscription plan in in customer retention. I mean that you know eventually they have to bring profitability down for investors, right? You got to deliver. But there, I can understand why the market will give businesses like these you know some credit when you have that subscription plan and that retention rate. Um, I guess the signs of trouble, or perhaps when retention starts to slip, or uh, you know overall customer opportunity starts to dwindle a little bit. Uh, so those are certainly things to keep in mind for the company. Now we were talking a little bit about one of the other risks for this company, Elise, and that was in regard to five G, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So five um, G, I mean, is a growing, uh, basically, platform service. I mean, everyone's going to have five G eventually, and that's something that's a risk for this company because five G. Um, if you're in public, you can use your phone as a hotspot, and I'm sure your company, I'm sure, would pay for that as well. And that's another way to have a secure network if you're in public. So that could be a risk for CrowdStrike. All right. Well, I'm sensing a theme here. A lot of security ideas out there. In yeah, a, we've uh, really shown that we can get out of our comfort zone <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. the same things. <laughs> well, I love it. It's a lot of new names that perhaps yeah. some of our listeners aren't as familiar with. I mean, there's some of the names that I'm not very familiar with. And I'm learning all about them with you guys. Um, okay, let's talk. We have earnings season coming up here. I mean, it's it's literally just getting started now, what we refer to as earnings palooza. Um, I think Chris Hill, he threw some number out there the other day. In the last two weeks of July, there's something like 1,600 companies announcing earnings. Oh, so, really we're just fun. getting ready to get hammered here with a lot of information. Yeah. We wanted to take this time to give you one company that you're watching this earnings season and uh, and, and why why you're interested in it. So, Greg, I'm going to start with you. What's the company on your radar for this earnings season? Yeah, um, I guess my answer for this is going to be, I'll go with Charter Communications. And that's not because I'm, I'm the most expert on this company, <laughs> but uh, I kind of wanted to talk about it just because I, I had the, the chance to do a 10K challenge on them right. this last weekend. For people who aren't uh, knowledgeable of what that is, it's something us interns get to do where we get an hour of looking at a 10K and then kind of dig into the important parts and and kind of form an, an opinion on the company. So, How have you felt about the 10K challenge, by the way? That's something we've talked a little bit about before on shows before. Um, mm-hmm. I always found it really helpful. It's kind of the first step in the process because it was able. I was able to read about a company and then within that hour kind of make a determination whether I was interested and wanted to learn more or whether it needed to go in the either too hard pile or not interested pile. Yeah, right. I think it's been a great great assignment for us to do because I know the first couple of times I've looked at 10Ks, it just feels like I'm reading a novel. and I, <laughs> yeah. I don't really know where to start and where to end, and I normally get bored and throw it away. So, Well, what got your interest so in charter? Doing it a few times, I've been able to pick out the parts and learn about a company a little quicker. Um, charter communication. So, what got me interested is the fact that I use Spectrum Wi-Fi, which is pretty lame, but that's why I started <laughs> looking at it. Um, but yeah, they're a giant cable TV provider, and they also provide Wi-Fi and uh, voice communications. Um, but yeah, something that got me interested in is they've just quadrupled in size since 2015 and 16 when they wow. yeah when they merged with uh, Time Warner Cable and Bright House Networks. Um, so yeah, I mean now in the past year they did 44 billion in revenue, 
compared to nine billion in 2015. So they've just grown dramatically. So, so is this a company that you feel like is going to be? Is it going to? How, how does this company grow organically, or is this a story where this company is going to grow more through consolidation in the space? Yeah, I think they're they're going to continue to grow if they can continue to to reach out to new uh, new customer base for mainly their internet services and then also video services. So there's definitely a lot of risks in the industry, but I'm very interested to see if they can continue that success since their merger because. The stock's been performing very well. Okay, great. Uh, Elise, I, you're uh, you're paying attention to a company I think a lot of our listeners are very familiar with. Matt and I talk about this one all the time. Yeah, Tell yeah. Tell us about it. Square. I mean, yeah, I've been a huge fan of this stock for a long time, <laughs> especially since you guys coined that term, uh, Warren Cash. It's worked out pretty yeah. well for us so far. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that whole basket of um, cash stock, Warren Cash stocks. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I love Square. I think this company's grown a lot. Um, this, this is one I'm really looking forward to in terms of their earnings. Earnings report last quarter was you know so so, but um, I think if we can look towards the gross payment volume to continue to grow, and they actually have a larger portion of that be larger payments, right? So um, I think that would be a huge driver for them. So if that's growing, that's a great metric to look for, and hopefully they do continue to grow that. And last year, it, I mean last quarter, it grew year over year twenty seven percent. So. Yeah, it seems like I'm seeing a lot of retailers out there using Square these days. So I feel yeah. like they're getting in more and more storefronts. Um, and, and, and to your point about the gross payment volume, and when you it's growing, but when you compare it to something like PayPal, which is considerably higher, um, number one, it shows you how big PayPal is. But then yeah. also, number two, I think it shows you the opportunity that's out there for Square. Um, speaking of Square. Uh, you know, we like to talk a lot about leadership of the fool, and everybody seems to have an opinion on Jack Dorsey and running two companies at the same time. What is your opinion on that matter? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think it's that big of an issue. I mean, he's been able to run two successful companies that way. I yeah. mean, they're both doing pretty well. Squares, I, I'd say, is a little bit better than Twitter, but just because it's been hurt a lot more with other things. But um, no, I love Square. I think that he's able to um, really. Um, Take charge in both companies and do it well. So I haven't really seen an issue really on that so far. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think if, if there were you know obvious signs that they'd, they'd be apparent, but um, he certainly seems to be doing a good job. Though if I had to choose one, I think I would choose Square just because yeah. I like the overall market for oh, payments. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, I own I own shares of both companies, so I'm I'm happy with them either way. Um, okay, guys, before we wrap it up, I want to give you a chance just to offer up some advice because I'm sure we have listeners out there who either. Uh, would be interested in applying for an internship, or maybe know someone who'd be interested in applying for an internship. And it is a very popular internship every year. Just a, it's a fun place to work. So we have a lot of people who want to want to come check it out. Give our listeners one piece of advice uh, for those who are considering considering applying for uh, an internship here. And Greg, I'll start with you. What's one piece of advice? Yeah, uh, I think beginning the interview process, going into looking in the investing internship, I think it's extremely important to already be investing and, and know what you believe in and be able to kind of to show the interviewer how, how you're actively interested in the, um, in the position. That's a good call. Um, and if you're not sure what that strategy is, I would like to add that long-term investing isn't a bad idea since that's what, <laughs> that's what we do here. So that line... Definitely helped me out a little bit. <laughs> nice, nice. Elise, what about you? Um, I would just say showing um, just a love for studying companies and stocks yeah. and just loving to research companies and 
the market, really. I think it's really that passion and energy that we like here at The Fool. So um, honestly, I think that's great. And it also drives you to just learn more about companies and find great new companies that you normally wouldn't find if you didn't have that enthusiasm. So stock nerds, you're just saying, <laughs> yeah. hey guys, just tell and, me you're stock nerds. And if it's in person, you, you don't have to show up in a suit. You can, <laughs> yeah, it's great. You can pretty much wear whatever. Wear no, we would, I've, worn, I've worn a Texans jersey once, but We I'm would not. never <laughs> hold the suit against you, but yes, I mean, we uh, we do like to uh, be comfortable uh, Maybe in the our first work. Day. Yeah. I mean, I did wear a suit on the first day and I well I, wore, I got made fun of a little bit. I wore a suit I wore a suit for my first interview here yeah. back in 2010 so uh, you, you can do it and still get away with it yeah though. for it, sure uh, you know we're just kind of an easygoing work environment here but I think that's a lot of the reason why people like staying for so long uh, hey listen we'll leave it there Elise Greg thank you so much for stopping by today yeah thank you so thank much. you so much okay and as always people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you here. Today's show is produced by Dan the Man Boyd. For Greg Bechtel and Elise Montgomery, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.